Hello, sons, and hello, brothers. It's Ken Pierpont, and this is Stuff I Want to Say Mostly to Men, the Man Podcast. And it's a beautiful autumn afternoon on the 27th of October. As I record this, I'm out on Bittersweet Farm toward the end of my study day, the day I set aside for study. And Sunday, I am not preaching. It's a rare and unusual Sunday because I will be conducting a baptism baptism of my son-in-law, Tim Kolb, who is a listener to Stuff I Want to Say. So that's what I'm going to be doing. That gives me a little more freedom on my study day, not to feel the pressure of immediate preparation, even though I'm trying to get out ahead of things. It's an autumn day. I had a chance to get my gravel bike out today, take a spin through the countryside and just watch the leaves blow down. Goodness. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're enjoying fall and that you realize how quickly this season passes. If you're in a part of the country where autumn is is a a beautiful time of the year, I got a neighbor, a good guy. Um, He's so diligent with his leaf removal. He has one of those spaceship backpack leaf blower things. I got the little version. He's got the big honking version, and he must... He must really love to use that because he's out there all through the daylight hours in the fall and he starts early and he blows until there's not a single leaf in, in sight. So, yeah, you might hear him today um, blowing his leaves. Anyway, he's a great neighbor. What's your favorite bug? We're talking about treasures of the heart and I want to share with you three more of the biblical truths that are treasures to my heart because Jesus said a good man, now the good treasure of his heart, he brings forth good things. And I want to be that kind of a guy. I hope you do too. What's your favorite bug? Here's a poem about my favorite bug. Here come real stars to fill the upper skies and here on earth come emulating flies. That though they never equal stars in size, and they were never really stars at heart, achieve at times a very star-like start. Only, of course, they can't sustain the part. That's <laughs> a great poem. I think that's Robert Frost on Fireflies. When I was a little boy, I, I remember we, we live east of the Mississippi, lived in Ohio. And in, in, in east of the Mississippi in, on a summer night, a boy can go out in the yard and he can catch fireflies. As much that can discourage us and make us worried or make us anxious, shootings, wars, drug epidemics, false religions, religious persecution, political rancor. Let's face it, we do live in a morally, spiritually dark world. And I want to talk to you today about three things, three treasures of my heart that can help me when I'm tempted to be overcome by darkness around me. And I remember my time as a boy, 10 years old, village of Logansville, Ohio, on State Route 47, and going out with a mason jar and catching fireflies and putting them in the mason jar and putting them in my room, punching a hole in the lid, laying in my bed and watching them. This is the treasure of my heart, the scriptures teach, and this is how I say it. Treasure number one today. The darker the night, the brighter the light shines. 
The darker the night, the brighter the light shines. That's the firefly principle. That's what I call it, the firefly principle. We live in a dark world. We live in a morally and spiritually dark world. This is what Paul said in Ephesians 6.12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We We wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. When you watch the news that's just pouring out of like the Middle East and you know about the atrocities against the, the Jewish people, you think what could make people, what would motivate people to be so evil and to do such atrocious evil? And the answer, you cannot explain that without factoring what Paul said in Ephesians 6.12. We aren't wrestling here against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of the sage. This is demonic host, spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Men, you are doing life, you are doing marriage, you are raising your children, your grandchildren in a spiritually dark environment. Understand that you are an agent of light in that and the darker the night, the brighter the light shines. Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He's conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He's transported us into the kingdom of light and love. John 3.19, as this is the condemn and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. That was uh, evidenced of Jesus' presence, right? Light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And in Acts 26, 18, it says he, that, that when the gospel comes, it's to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. There you have it, Ephesians 6, 12, Colossians 1, 13, John 3, 19, Acts 26, 18, we live in a dark world. But in the dark world, we are a light. We are a spiritual light. We reflect the light of Christ. We have the light within us in Christ. We live out in the country, and we live so far out in the country that we don't always use, our windows don't have covers on them. Our upstairs windows, I remember the first night that we had a full moon and the windows were open and the moonlight fell on the upstairs bedroom floor when I got up in the night and the brilliant moonlight was just so thrilling. Such, It's so beautiful. It's like the warmth of a wood fire and the light of moonlight. This is a beautiful kind of light. God wants us men, God wants us to be men of light agents of light, reflectors of God's light. That's why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and 16, let not let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And that gives us a hint about how to be a light with good works. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 
if you were to read and study carefully, and I strongly recommend that you do, if you were to read and study carefully uh, Ephesians and chapter 5, Ephesians, make a note of that, Ephesians and chapter 5 from verse 6, listen to what it says. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that's good and right and true. And discern the things that are pleasing to the Lord, and take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is it. This is the principle. The darker the night, gentlemen, the darker the night. Can you finish it? The brighter the light shines. That's the firefly principle. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked, twisted generation. Here it comes. Among whom you shine as lights in the world, and you hold fast to, to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I didn't run in vain or labor in vain. The darker the night, finish it, the brighter the light shines. No amount of darkness can extinguish even the smallest light. John 1.5, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You don't have to be outstanding to be outstanding when all the world around you is dark. Think about that. When I was 17, I was called to pastor a little church in Ohio on the Ohio-Indiana line. And on Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, of course, but on Sunday night, Wednesday night, when it was growing dark in the fall of the year, I'd drive up to the church. And if somebody got there ahead of me, they, they had the lights on inside. And beautiful, beautiful stained glass windows. This representative of the beauty of Christ shining out into the darkness of the world that stuck in my mind at church. Beautiful church with beautiful woodwork. Can't imagine uh, just the beauty of the, that little building. It didn't have indoor plumbing. And of course, obviously for a long time, it didn't have electricity. But it's an old church, beautiful old church. But they spent money on the stained glass windows because they wanted the light to be, they wanted the light to be beautiful. They wanted to be reminded that Jesus is the light of the world. So, treasure number one today, remember the firefly principle, which is, can you say it? The darker the night, the brighter the light shines. Here's the second treasure I have for you. Second treasure, and I'll show you some places where the scriptures teach it. Be optimistic. I like to say it like this. It's only realistic for a believer in Jesus Christ to be optimistic. It's only realistic to be optimistic if you're following Jesus. You have a bright future. Think about that. The path of the just, it's like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the full light of dawn. And for those who follow Jesus, we 
we will have misunderstandings and we will have suffering. We will have our cross to bear, but there's always a reason to have a bright outlook. Don't be discouraged. Don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed with discouragement. It's only realistic for a believer to be optimistic. And uh, I think about this. I, I had a terrible betrayal in my ministry at one point, and many, many, mis, many mishandled that. Uh, and it was a dark, sad time. And it reminded me of Paul going into a town and, and giving the gospel, and they stoned him. Now, nobody stoned me, but um, I, I thought, what did Paul do after he got stoned? Did he just curl up and defeat and quit? Did he just limp home in defeat? Did he give up? Did he stop? Did he curse God? No, he didn't. He got up and he dusted, the, he, he brushed the dust off his feet and he went to the next town. My goodness, I love that. He, it's, it's only uh, only realistic for a believer to be optimistic because he has a bright, bright future. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 8, 18. I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation is subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself might be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. This is a reference to the fall of mankind and the curse and the brokenness on mankind, on creation. We know the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is that is seen is not hope. Who hopes for what he sees but if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. And the Spirit helps us with our weakness when we don't even know how to pray as we ought. What am I saying? We we have a bright future. Gentlemen, you got a bright, if you're following, if you know Jesus, you have a bright future. So you should be optimistic even when things are dark and even when things are difficult, <clears throat> even when troubles come. Listen to what 1 Peter 3 says. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil. Listen to what 2 Peter 3.10. 2 Peter 3.10. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar. The heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and works that are done in it will be exposed. Since all these things... Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness waiting for and hasting, hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are awaiting for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Do you see it? There it is again. A promise of a bright future. Some things are going to happen that are difficult, but we, but in the end, we have a very, very bright future. So it's only realistic 
to be optimistic. Are you tracking with me? Listen to this. Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away and he was seated on the throne said behold i'm making all things new (laughs) write it down and then if you get to if you move on to revelation and chapter 22 listen to what it says there then the angel showed me the river of the water of life brightest crystal flowing from the throne of god and of the lamb through the middle of the street of the city also on either side of the river the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they'll see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more, and they will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and they are true. So there you have it. Second second treasure of my heart, men, be optimistic. It's only realistic for a believer in Jesus Christ to be optimistic. Now, Now, one more thing, and I kind of said it, I'll say it again. This is number three, you have a bright future. No matter how dark things are now, how dark your past has been, Even if you have a dark past, and even if you have a dark present, you have a bright future, and you are a victor. We we are, remember it, more than conquerors, even when we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, the righteous man. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16, The righteous falls seven times and rises up again, but the wicked, they stumble in times of calamity. And then again in Proverbs 4.18, I quoted that earlier in Proverbs 4.18, you have a bright future. The path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the full light of dawn. Did you ever have a Bible passage or phrase stuck in your mind, but you didn't know where, where it was in the Bible? It's happened to me a lot because my parents so saturated me with scripture teaching throughout the week when I was a boy. But I got a lot of Bible I don't have verses, I don't have references for when I was younger in particular. One morning, my, Lois and I were on our anniversary trip to Mackinac Island, and she wanted to sleep in a little bit, and I wanted to get up early and take a bike ride. So I got my bike, and I decided to do the eight-mile loop around Mackinac Island. Beautiful ride, one of the prettiest, sweetest bike rides you can ever take in this part of the world and I got up and drug my bike down down the cliff to down to the to the uh level of the water and and it was dusk it was twilight i should call that and in the morning sun hadn't risen yet but it was coming up and i rode my bike 
from the west north and then from the north down the east side of the island or the west, east side of the island. And it was a, there was a little spot where there was a swale where my bike went down and then came back up a little bit. And when it came back up, it's like I rode up into the sunrise. And that phrase came to mind, the path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter into the full light of dawn. One day, gentlemen, no matter how dark our life has been in the past or no matter how many dark valleys, valleys of the shadow of death we have to go through, gentlemen, there will be a time when you keep moving forward in Christ and you ride up into the sunlight. You have a bright future. Don't be discouraged. You be the joy in your home. You bring the joy to your home. Now, I want to give you some additional material here before I quit today. These, those are the three treasures, but some additional material before I quit. And I will tell you, when, I, when we were first married, we had an apartment and we had a south-facing window. I didn't understand what a treasure, a, a large south-facing window was, but you get the prevailing light of the sun tracking across the sky, even in the winter in a south-facing window. And Lois took advantage of that and put plants and flowers in the window and things just flourish. It's just very beautiful. And um, I, w- I want to talk to you about how your life can be like a f- south-facing window and things can flourish. In that. And I want to talk to you before I quit today about four powerful ways you can light your world. Four very powerful ways that you can light your world. These are just practical, biblical things. First of all, get the truth out. Be a missionary wherever you are. I mean, that's just, that's just the deal, right? I mean, when you, you get the truth to somebody, you're shining the spiritual light. When you're having a conversation with somebody and you introduce Christ in the conversation, you are being a light. And that's one way to be a light is get the truth out. Be a missionary. Point people to YouTube videos. Give them a podcast. Give them a gospel track. Give them a gift of a book. Have a conversation. We have this treasure in jars of clay. We have the light in the jar of clay. Only God knows what will happen if you give the truth to somebody and they are converted. We, we, are, we are lights in the world. Jesus said in John 12, 44, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me will see him who sent me. I've come into the world. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was coming into the world. I've come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So, number one, how, do you, how can I be a light? How can a man be a light? Man can be a light by telling people about Jesus. A little out of time. Have, I like to say there's the stand-up gospel conversation and there's the sit-down gospel conversation. You can share the gospel in a quick uh, way uh, or, or you can get permission to sit down. That's a, something I love to do is, hey, sometimes we should have coffee. There's something I want to talk to you about, about God, Jesus, the Bible, and all of that. And I'd love to talk with you about that. Can we sit down sometime? And then you've got permission, and those can be very powerful. Second thing, second way to be a light is live up your life against the darkness of impurity. Earlier I read from Ephesians 5 where it says don't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but expose them. And what communion does does light and darkness have? Do light and darkness have? It says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, the way that you expose darkness is not screaming at people, just being light. The light exposes darkness. In other words, if a person is... Let's say that you work with somebody who's very unkind about their wife. You never speak an unkind word in their presence about your wife. Now the light is shining and it exposes the darkness. 
Listen, they tell filthy stories, and you never tell filthy stories. You don't have to say, hey, those filthy stories are wrong. You just say, never tell them. And then when you tell stories, they're always pure. And then what will happen? You, your light is shining because your pure life will expose the, the darkness there. Third thing, do good works in Jesus' name. As it says there in Matthew five fourteen through 16, do good works in Jesus' name. Just do good works. Number one, get the truth out. Number two, live a pure life. Number three, do good works. Number four, be filled with praise, especially against the darkness of being a complainer, even when you're at home. Philippians 2.14, I read it earlier, be blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked, perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. The context of that is without murmuring and disputing. So, gentlemen, one way to be a light is not to be a complainer, but to be filled with praise and be filled with thanksgiving. So be a missionary, live up your life, go about doing good, be filled with praise, and the light will shine. You will, your light will shine. If you do those things, you're going to light your world, and, and uh, you, you do not know what will happen if you light your world. You don't know who you're going to bless. You don't know who's going to be changed as a result of that. And even the smallest light, remember this, the darker the night, the brighter the light shines. And the darkest, the, the greatest darkness can't put out the simplest light. So get your light out there and raise your family in such a way that they are light on your block. They're a light in their school, that your wife is a light among her friends. Be devoted to that. Gentlemen, That's those are some treasures from my heart. I just wanted to give to you. I want to pray for you now. Father, here, there, and everywhere, guys are listening to this. Some of them are commuting. Some of them are doing chores, building something, mowing their lawn, whatever they're raking their leaves, whatever they're doing. I pray, Lord, that you'd help them to understand the power of this principle, this firefly principle, that they would see that they're, no matter how dark their past was, their, their future is bright, and they can be the light. And help us to be good men with a treasure of good things in our heart who are a light to the world where we live, little little points of light everywhere where you placed us. Use us and help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Gentlemen, before I go, a couple little comments I want to make. My number, 517-262-3260. That's my personal cell phone number, 517-262-3260. Call or text uh, if you want to talk, if I can be an encouragement to you, help, comfort, counsel, or a listening ear, and, uh, feel free to let me know. My my email address is ken at kenpierpont.com. If you Google Ken Pierpont link tree, link tree, Ken Pierpont, you get access to, you can get access to all, nothing is for sale. All of it is for free. All kinds of sermons and videos and Video storytelling and regular story, audio storytelling and written things, thousands, really 2,500 written things at KenPierpont.com. And you can find the Substack newsletter where I just currently, continuously, I wrote a couple of articles last week to me. It's more than you can keep up with, I'm sure, but I'm trying to be a blessing. So can, can I ask you a favor? If you're enjoying the podcast, I'll put this at the end. So probably really devoted guys are listening all the way to the end here. 
I, I really appreciate it if on whatever platform you listen to this, you rate and review it and give it, give it a bunch of stars and a nice review and share it with your friends. That, that way it grows and we touch more lives. That, that make me really happy. I think it would please the Lord and help. Guys are flooded with filthy, discouraging things that are not true or even religious stuff that's just kind of whacked. Crazy nut job, conspiracy theories, and strange stuff. Gentlemen, I don't know how long we have until Jesus Christ comes back. Stirrings in the Middle East make me wonder how long until Jesus returns? And how long until either the, the Antichrist shows up and we get plunged into the Great Tribulation or we get raptured out of the Great Tribulation? You, you, you tell me, gentlemen. I'm sure you have an opinion about that. Whatever is going to happen, you wonder if it isn't going to happen fairly soon. Last night I went to bed. It, the U.S. is involved in in the war in the Middle East. They're, they're saying it's not related to the war. It, but, of course, they are. They, they fired on targets in Syria last night. Um, and there's tremendous hatred and animosity against the, the nation of Israel on the whole Arab world that surrounds it. And there are dark and sad things that are happening in the world. How long until I think it would be good? How long till Jesus comes back? I got to tell you, I think it'd be wise for you to make sure you are ready to meet the Lord. And that you make sure that everyone you love, that you've done everything that you can to be sure that they are ready to meet the Lord. Be a light, gentlemen. A light can be a beautiful thing, a source of safety, a thing, of, a powerful thing. Um, and and um, and do it soon and don't delay because we don't know how much time we have left. God bless you men. Till next week. <laughs>